Thanks, buddy. Uh, guys, it's awesome to, uh, to be back. Uh, since we said prayer for boldness, maybe we could start off with a prayer. Can we do that? Uh, that was a prayer. You know, you can't sing and pray at the same time, but now let's just pray and pray at the same time. Sound good? Father, it is uh, so great to, to be together, um, God, just uh, with family. Uh, Father, I just um, have only been here for a few days, and I feel so refreshed uh, just, uh, just being with this group of people. This truly is a special place, God, and uh, just some special friends and relationships, God, that, uh, that have really changed my life, God. Thank you so much, and I pray you be with us today that your word can inspire us as we uh, embark on this new year. And uh, God be with us. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, greetings from uh, Paris, France. I'm not going to try any French right now. I have to do that enough uh, when I'm over there. But uh, it is, uh, it's awesome to see you guys. You know, I, I remember uh, six years ago when I, when I moved here. It was January 7th, so uh, tomorrow would have been six years. And, uh, and just, it was the maybe top three best decisions of my life. And uh, just uh, how much God molded me and, and transformed me just from, from being here with this group. Uh, so it's awesome to come back. You know, I remember also January 4th of, I, I think, 2015, I spoke my first, you know, lesson here in, on the stage. And uh, so they, they give me the new, the new year slot, you know, that's kind of... That's kind of my slot, but uh, a lot of great memories here. And, uh, you know, we're going to look in, uh, in Numbers 13 today. And the reason why I actually went there, maybe not a typical one that you would think of, but, you know, the New Year is often about making New Year's resolutions and things like that. I don't know if you're pro or against uh, that, that type of thing, but uh, I remember one year, uh, well, several years, I've made the goal to read through the whole Bible in a year. And, uh, and it was because of a goal like that that I stumbled across a scripture like this in Numbers 13 that really helped uh, mold me as a, as a man of God, as a leader. But it, it's, it's, it was just, I love when you read your, your Bible and you just find a hidden treasure, you know? Something that you just, people don't talk about much, but it's your, it's your thing, you know? Like, it, this is my scripture. Like, you can have it, but this is, this is mine. And, uh, and that's really what this scripture is for, for me. So this is my scripture. I'm, I'm sharing it with you guys because it really does, uh, really does inspire me. Can we, uh, can we get in there and read? In Numbers 13, uh, verse, verse 1, we're going to jump around a little bit. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan. Are you understanding the context already? The Israelites are out of Egypt, they're in the wilderness, and they're about to explore the land of Canaan, the promised land, which I am giving to the Israelites from the each ancestral tribe send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. I'm going to save you guys from my pronunciations of these names, but 12 men were sent. And in verse 17, it says, when Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up through the Negev and on into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong 
or weak, few or many? What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and explored the land from the desert of Zin as far as Rohab toward Leboa Hamath. They went up through the Negev and came to Hebron where Ahimen, okay, Sheshiah, Telemai, and the descendants of Anak lived. Hebron had also been built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. Okay, you still with me? When they reached the valley of Eshkol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it on a pole between them and along with some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster of grapes the Israelites cut off there. At the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. Let's see what they reported to the people. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. When we went into the land to which you sent us, it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. I'd like to just start off by from a far distant land showing you some of the fruit from Paris, France. Okay, so uh, there's a couple, uh, couple uh, pictures I'd like to show you. Actually, before we even do that, could we, could we play the videos? I actually have a little minion that I'd like you to see kind of what the Paris mission field looks like through his eyes. So just a, a couple videos. This one has no audio. This is a, a midweek uh, where the campus ministry is together, and that's my little boy just enjoying uh, preaching. No, he's just uh, being a major distraction right now as I speak. And, uh, and that's him during our Bible discussion right there. That's, that's him just giving you guys a little report. He has one more report for you guys. This one's a little discouraging for me, but you know, it is what it is. You, you can show me. Papa Mateo, Papa. That's me saying he's cheating. And you know, uh, I'm sad to say to report that I lost that arm wrestling competition. I think it was pretty obvious where that was going. Um, but uh, that's, that's our little group right there. That's my boy. Uh, and, uh, and it's been a blast uh, just having our family together uh, in Paris, being on the mission field together. What a joy to, uh, to even let my son be able to experience the world through those, through those eyes. You know, I'd like to show you some more fruits. Uh, so this is some of the sisters in the campus ministry. They got some swag. And, uh, and the, 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 the woman uh, at the, that's kind of doing her, you know, her pose at the bottom, that's Sarah. And, uh, and Sarah was actually uh, the friend, best friend in high school of Marie, who's the, the girl standing right above her. And uh, Marie got baptized uh, this last summer. I shared actually the last time I came, for uh, some of you guys who were there on Sunday, of what... Uh, of her faith, super inspiring. But the first thing that she did after becoming a Christian is said, I got I to gotta go talk to my best friend. And so Sarah was baptized um, just a few uh, days after the end of the school year, which was awesome. I love this photo 
But there's actually a photo right after that I, I like even better. And I, I didn't get to watch the baptism. I, I was already on my way here. But this is the, the two best friends giving a hug after the baptism. I was FaceTime live or Instagram living, watching it. So I took a screenshot. If you want to learn a French, French phrase, trop content pour Sarah. Very happy for Sarah is what uh, that uh, sister said. But, uh, you know, I've said it before, but there's just nothing like that, like, post-baptism hug. You know what I'm talking about? That hug. Uh, and, uh, and it was a really special moment uh, seeing some, some of that. So that was just two or three weeks ago. If you go to the next slide, just trying to give you guys some fruit from a distant land. Is that okay? Just to start off the new year with some fruit. So uh, this is... Um, to the right is Emma. I think you know the woman in the, the middle. Uh, she's, uh, she's my hero. And uh, the, the woman to the left is Elisandra. Last, uh, when I came in September, um, I shared about how they were starting off the school semester without me. And so I gave them some challenges to be bold and, hey, you guys can, you know, j- just try and push yourself. What scares you? Try and do something that scares you as you go out, though. So, so Adrian who actually a year ago, uh, he became a Christian because of the summer internship, the, the group of students that you guys sent out. He was met by Harrison and Jacob, and they, uh, they studied the Bible. Anyways, his girlfriend became a Christian as well. That's Alessandra on the left. But, uh, but Adrian took my challenge of pushing yourself to a place that I, I did not know, uh, well, that I was not expecting or asking. You know, he decided, he, he just graduated, he works a nine to five, and from six to 9 p.m. every single day for the first two weeks of school, he went out on the streets of Paris and shared his faith. And, uh, and I was so inspired and, and so encouraged by hearing this stuff, I wasn't even there. And, uh, and you know, they don't have like Kennesaw State campus in Paris, okay? There's not just a nice little green or pavilion that you can talk to people. You're just on the streets, like walking on a sidewalk and talking to people you don't know if they're students or not. So he was, uh, they were out there. He asked some of his, his uh, some of the other campus students to go out there. And, uh, and, you know, after two weeks, his response was, was, wait, so just because you know, Tom, you know, challenged us to go for two weeks. Does that mean I just stop? No, I'm a disciple. I'm going to keep doing this. So he, he's like, no, I'm just going to keep sharing. So then he did it a third week. And, uh, and after all of that, after just sharing his faith, he, uh, he decided to, um, you know, take, take the metro back home. You don't get in a car uh, in Paris. You, you get in a metro and you, you go back home. And on the metro, he, he found... Uh, he found this, this girl who looked like she was lost. And so, uh, you know, he tried to help her, gave her uh, directions, and come to find out, out of all the people who were open in those three weeks to knowing about God, it was Emma. After three weeks of sharing his faith on the streets, he finds her on the subway. And, Aim, uh, and Emma got baptized just three weeks ago, and uh, that uh, was super inspiring to hear uh, the, his story. If you guys want to clap, that's cool. If not, that's, that's fine too. But uh, just a little bit of fruit. And, uh, you know, that's definitely something that I'm learning is God just does that all the time. He just does that all the time where, like, I feel like I'm, I'm bashing my head against a wall. And then God opens the door right next to me. 
You know, it's like, or, or you know, I'm sharing, I'm, I'm working so hard, and then God just shows me that it has nothing to do with my work. And, uh, and it's just, it, it's so inspiring to, to hear that story. If you go on to the next slide, this is a really, uh, this is two amazing uh, brothers right here. So that's me, you know that. Louis is on the far right. George is up top, and he's a... Uh, He's the guy that's uh, studying the Bible right now. But in the middle is, is Cheng Yu and Maxime. And uh, I'm just going to share a little bit of just how inspiring their faith is to me. You know, I, I think um, Cheng Yu is, you know, grew up in, in China and is, uh, was raised atheist uh, his whole life. Came to Paris and literally for the last five years, every summer, some some annoying mission group keeps sharing his faith with him. I kid you not. And over the years, God has been working on his heart. I don't know who it was I was sharing with him. I don't know their names. Neither does he. But this summer, uh, some annoying person shared with, shared with him again. And this time, he was searching for God. He wanted to know answers, and he was open. And so, uh, but the intern group that came, they were sharing their faith in the whole, the whole summer and uh, there was a couple people that were open, and they saw a few baptisms from kind of people that were already there, but they didn't see anyone that they met become Christians, and we encouraged them and, and sent them on their way back. In fact, this person, he came to a Bible talk, but he doesn't speak English really at all. And so they just handed the number off to some, one of the campus students. And uh, the campus student uh, didn't tell me. And uh, so he just started studying the Bible with him over the course of the next three weeks. And after a month goes by, I hear of this guy, Cheng Yu, who's just so open, eager to study the Bible. And, uh, and it come to find out just a few months later, as he worked through his faith, Cheng Yu was baptized. You know, I asked him to write a letter before his baptism, just something that he could remember. It's that he could look back. And, and he told me, you know, I thought long and hard about this, but... But really, all I could come out with was just, I wrote down, I love you and I will follow you. And that was the letter that he wrote to God. And I just, okay, you know, sometimes we overcomplicate things. It is that simple. <laughs> and his faith was just so inspiring to me. You know, Maxime is an incredible story as well. Um, so, uh, so, you know, the, the last couple months have been a challenge. Uh, in Paris, there's uh, there's you know, around 35 students uh, in the campus ministry. And it, in fact, in the last five years, it's grown from around three to 35 from, uh, from a lot, from the, the leadership that's there. My parents have done a great job that there's a strong uh, eldership group and uh, the church has grown from 75 to around 180 in the last five years, which has been inspiring. Um, and, uh, and all those things uh, have, have been going on. But, uh, but this guy, uh, you know, because the, the, the students, um, because there's 35 students, but there's so many universities, there's 30 universities that represented with those 35 students. So there's like one person on each campus, you know? And the campus that I'm on right now, sharing my faith, there's zero students. Well, now there's one because Cheng Yu is actually on that campus, which that was encouraging. But there's no students, and so most of my days are, are just sharing my faith by myself. And, uh, and, and, you know, it can, it can be a challenge. I think God has, uh, has given, taught me a lot through it all. But, you know, as I'm trying to be bold, I, out of all the people I share with, 
someone decides to send me an email saying uh, through the church website that they're looking, uh, they're looking for a, a youth group. And that was Maxime. And Maxime's story is that when he was 15 years old, his, he, he's French, but his dad's in the military. So they went to an island off of Madagascar, uh, and his dad was stationed there. And he came to faith in, in, in Jesus, even though his family is completely atheist. And so for the last three years, from 15 to 17, he's been reading his Bible every single day, trying to learn who Jesus is on his own. I'm just going to say that in this direction real quick, okay? He read his Bible every single day, trying to, I mean, I didn't even know that type of faith was possible as a 15-year-old. I certainly was not there. It was a little different for me. And yet this man was so eager to find someone. We, he came to church on Sunday. We started studying the Bible on Tuesday. He came with the students on Wednesday. Then he came to our family time on Friday night. Then he came to our prayer morning session on Saturday. And on Saturday, he, inter, you know, he interjected himself in my Bible study with Cheng Yu as we were helping him make his decision. And he heard about him being motivated to go get baptized. And, and after our basketball session that we have after our prayer session, you know, uh, we, he ran up to us and said, can I get baptized? And, uh, and the student, uh, one of the students there um, was, was in the conversation, and, and I was curious what his response was going to be. And his response was, it depends if you know what you're getting yourself into. And, uh, and he goes, well, uh, I think, you know, I've been doing this. I want to follow Jesus. And, but, uh, yeah, and he, okay, well, what do you think baptism is? And uh, it was, you know, the only thing he's learned about baptism is from the Bible in, from the internet. This one, th his response came from the internet. What he said was, you know, I think it's just an expression of my faith and, and you know, I'm already saved, but this is, this is why I do, you know, I, I just want to do it. You know, I know it's an important thing. And, uh, and the brother goes, no, it actually, actually, no, it, it saves you. And, uh, and, he, and he goes, what? And he's, oh yeah. And I'm like, I'm a little bit cringing as he's saying this. Because I, it, I don't really like having those types of conversations with people and like on the, as we're walking on the sidewalk. But, uh, but he, um, that's something Zechariah would have done. You know what I'm saying? Zechariah, you would have done that for sure. But, uh, but anyways, he, uh, he said, well, look at First Peter 3. What, what, what do you see here? You know, it says, you know, it's, 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 a, it's not, it's, it's, uh, it saves you not because of anything you do. It's, it's because of your pledge of a good conscience towards God. But, uh, and... And he was like, well, what, what, are, you, are you saying I'm, I'm, not, I'm not right with God? Are you, I mean, I've, I've, he's the only thing that matters to me. And I'm, I feel like I'm living like a disciple. And, and so I turned to him and I said, well, you know, if that's true, then that would mean you're a candidate for baptism. And he, you know, I've gotten the post-baptism hug. But he gave us the found the truth hug. And he said, are you serious? Are you, are you serious? I could, I, could, I could get baptized? And he just gave us a hug. And, uh, and from that moment on, he was so excited. He st you know, we, we wanted to make sure that his conviction was from God's word and not because a few people said it. So we looked at the scriptures for five hours that day, three hours the next day, and then three days later, ten days after meeting him, Maxime was baptized, which was, uh, which was super, super inspiring. But uh, you know what's crazy is, uh, you know, even, I think it was 
on when, the Wednesday of his baptism, he sat us down. He's like, I really wanted to get together one more time because I need you now to teach me how to make disciples. <laughs> I was like, okay, I think you get it, dude. I think you got it. I think you got it figured out. But uh, that's some fruit, guys. And I, I have gone way too long in my sharing of fruit. So I've got a few minutes. You know, I, what, the reason why I wanted to share that with you guys is because faith is contagious. And you know, what I've seen in the ministry is that uh, things are growing. Not because of me. In fact, the people in the ministry, they're inspiring me. Their faith is growing. Their definition of impossible is changing. And their imagination of what God can do in their lives is growing. Faith is a precious thing. You know, that's what I want to share with you guys today is faith is a precious thing and it's contagious and it grows. I want to end with this passage. In, in, uh, in Numbers 14, verse 1, you know, faith is contagious, but my second, my second thought is so is faithlessness. You know, there was amazing fruit, but they saw these obstacles there. If you know the story, the, the walls were fortified, the people were great, and they were strong, and two people in that group, Joshua and Caleb, said, we can do it. But the other 10 said we can't. And this is what happened in the community. In verse 1 it says, That night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or the wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will, take in, will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. You know, it's an interesting thing, but you look at Joshua and Caleb. You know who Caleb is, right? Later on, he says, give me that hill country. He had so much faith. Joshua's like, no, we can devour these guys. But the scary thing is that two faithful people in this story was not enough. The 10 faithless people won. And because of 10 faithless people, 2 million people were led astray for 40 years. You know, so, so often we think of our faith vertically, right? My personal faith with God. And sometimes we can even forget the horizontal effect of our faith. You know, he talks about the, the product that came from the community. You guys are broken up into communities now. I, don't, I know very little about that because I'm gone. But I know it's a thing. And it's a good question to ask in this new year. What are you spreading in your communities? You know, are you spreading faith or faithlessness? What about in your family this year? What have you decided to do? Uh, have you decided to spread faith or faithlessness with your children and your wife? You know, faith is so precious and so contagious, but so is faithlessness. You know, what if four more people in that, lead, in that group were faithful? What if it was six verse six instead of two verse 10? What could happen to the people? What if it was just 
Was it just one more, two more, three more? All I know is I want to be one of the two. How about you this year? You know, I, I feel myself, I feel myself afraid to make goals this year. Because I saw so many miracles happen here, I kind of just don't want the streak to end. You know, I saw so many of me, and I feel afraid. I feel afraid to be disappointed. I feel afraid to, to be let down, to be defeated. And all of those fears come from a lack of awareness of how big our God is. You know, when I focus on the obstacles, Rather than who my God is, these decisions, these goals seem insurmountable. But what about you? What are you dreaming for? You know, for these people, miracles had already happened, but God had so much more planned for them, and yet they hesitated here. You know, I strongly and completely believe that God is just beginning with this group. I completely and totally believe that God is just beginning his work in you personally. Are you willing to dream to grow? You know, I challenge you this year to make goals that scare you. When was the last time you did something for God that scared you, that intimidates you? Because that is faith. That's faith when you go out on the line. You know, I pray that we can have faith in a good and big God this year. A faith that's willing to move forward into unknown territory. A faith that's contagious. Let's do it together. Love you guys.